I'm Allegra Levy, and you're listening to the Scout Archives, the place where I have the privilege of introducing you to groundbreaking artists who also happen to be wonderful people. For more information on the guests or to nominate someone, head to our website, www.thescoutarchives.com. You can also follow us on social media at the handle The Scout Archives. And you can reach out to me on Instagram at Levy Allegra. Now let's introduce this month's guest. Perhaps it is her stoic presence on set, donning her signature all-black ensemble in the Los Angeles heat. Perhaps it is the final outcome she produces with such mastery, or her quick and biting comedic sarcasm with perfect timing. But it is safe to say that Julia Swain has always intimidated me in the best way. We met on a set one summer and didn't exchange too many words. However, I found myself quite drawn to her. I was thrilled when she agreed to a photo shoot and interview. But then I had a thought. Julia is incredibly successful at, and becoming known for, creating cinematic yet minimalistic visuals behind the camera. Who was I to direct the DP in a photo shoot? Now she would be on the other side of the camera. I'll be honest, it made us both nervous. But Julia approached the interview and photo shoot as if it were her own film. In typical Julia fashion, she scouted the best possible photo shoot location. Locations have always been her forte. As I photographed Julia while she tested lenses and cameras at Panavision in Los Angeles, I learned that there is so much more to the woman we see behind the camera. Photographing Julia in her element and at ease made me comfortable. I could suddenly feel what it might be like to work with her as a director. I could sense that if Julia believes in something, it is worth believing in. She may appear quite reserved, popping up from behind the camera only to make a note about the shot or add a witty side comment, but it is evident that she is seen and heard loud and clear through what she sees in her viewfinder. Her perspective on each story is palpable in the work she makes. She has dealt with incredible ups and downs in her young life, and she somehow is able to persevere and tell others to do the same, carving out a path for female DPs and young people who make up the future of the industry. Julia, whether she be in front of or behind the camera, may be, in her words, unafraid of shadows, but she is also, no doubt, a light in the dark. Okay, we're live. <laughs> hey, Julia. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Do you want to tell everybody where we are? We are in a little coffee shop in Sherman Oaks, California. And <laughs> how are you feeling today? Good. Productive. <laughs> what did you do today? Uh, today I had a meeting with my agents. My, I have a commercial agent and a narrative agent. So we just met for lunch. We caught up. Um, I read a feature script this morning. And that's about it. Love it. Love it. So we don't really know each other that well. Right. Um, <laughs> We've been on set together, though. We have. Yeah. And the first time we met was... Um, Eve of the Pharaoh. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Wait, was that the first time we met? It was. It was. I did another one in Nell's house before that. That was in Nell's house. No? Well, did you go to the Bat Caves? Yeah. Oh, it was like a mix. I was doing the behind the scenes. No, I know, but did we shoot in the house? Yeah. Or did we just prep and leave? No. We shot in the house. Oh. Um, we were shooting on, like, a couch yes. in, like, the pool area. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, and I remember thinking, oh gosh, what a cool woman this is. I'm also slightly intimidated. What'd you think of me? <laughs> I was like, what a cool woman. I'm so intimidated. <laughs> no, I thought you were great. You were like very energetic and like excited to... I didn't know how much experience in production you had, but I... None. Okay. Cause so I could, but I could tell you were like super stoked to like learn about more, like do more and like your photography and your behind the scenes were great, so. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so... Tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from, what your childhood was like, um, how you ended up in LA. <laughs> Give me the whole spiel. the whole life story. So I started in Orange County as a kid, born there, and then we moved to San Diego, like North County, San Diego, like country. Always wanted to do film, and uh, I had amazing parents. And my dad always had like a video camera all the time recording us as kids and you know obviously when I was old enough to use it I would use it to make stupid 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 videos uh, that I thought were amazing with my action figures. I had a really great childhood. I had amazing supportive parents and uh, you know we had a lot of land. We had a lot of just area to just use our imaginations and play. Um, so I think creativity was something that was encouraged and you know, something that I could exercise a lot. And uh, we grew, my brother and I grew up thinking and being told that we could do whatever we wanted to do and like we could be whatever we wanted to be. So that was really important. And then I ended up going to a really small undergrad for production down there. And then I'd always wanted to go to UCLA, but I never applied. And so then when I was about to graduate from undergrad, I was like, I guess you don't really think about grad school when you think about film and like your film career. But I was like, I'll just apply to see because they only take three DPs and what the heck. So I didn't tell anybody, but I applied and then I got in and I was like, oh, well now I have to go to grad school for cinematography, which nobody really does. Or I didn't know people did, but I decided to do that. So that moved me to LA and put me in a network that I did not have in, in like little conservative San Diego. San Diego is like more corporate, video they don't really you know you don't see a lot of like features shooting there or any of that so that was pretty uh contained so LA kind of opened up the world in terms of people doing this job and the types of work the type of work I could do uh yeah does that answer anything at all no, yeah, it does. <laughs> completely um so was there anything else besides filmmaking that you wanted to pursue did you like get into filmmaking because of photography or was it just you always just wanted to do film I didn't really do photography, which I'm ashamed of. Like, I wish I took more photos as a kid. I didn't really have a camera to take photos with, I think. I wish I came from photography. I think it's cool to come from photography, and I'm trying to do more of it. But that's, I, I feel like I saw this VHS, for those who know what VHS is. Uh, I just saw that huge camera and, like, wanted to use it. And so I never really pursued anything else. My grandmother and my mom were both nurses, like supervising nurses in the operating room. And so I did a year of community college before I did that undergrad. And in community college, my parents did say like, you know, you really need to figure out how film's gonna make a living. Um, so just, you know, really put thought into it because you have to monetize it somehow. It's not because I was such a dreamer and they were like, you should really take it seriously. 
So for a second in community college, I switched over to biology to go do nursing. And the moment I got like my first C ever in a class, I was like, nope, going back to film. I can't do this. Like I like failed chemistry. I was like, I can't, you know, even though I'd gotten good grades, I was just like this artistic thing uh, is more fulfilling than sitting and learning about like fucking molecules and stuff, you know, like I'd rather be going and being on set and like doing that. So I think I just always knew that I wanted to do it. I didn't, I never really explored anything else. I've also been fortunate enough that every single job I've ever had has always been in movies. Like even when I was 15, I was working in a movie theater and then I was working at a news station, you know, and then I was working at like, uh, like film tools, like doing video reviews of cameras. So I've never ever had to work retail. I've never worked, I've never been a waitress. I've never done any of that. It's always been in the field that I love. So yeah, I've always pursued it. Did you think about films in the way that they were cinematically laid out a lot? And is there a movie that comes to mind when you think of how you wanted to make movies? I think as a kid, I very thoroughly enjoyed just being an audience member. But I think I realized, I'm sure every person says this, but like Jurassic Park, you're like how is this even possible as a kid to be seeing these things happen? And so I think me realizing like, what is the magic that's making me feel things like feel scared and like tense and excited or whatever, how is that done? And I don't understand, like what do they have going on that's like making us feel those things? I'd never really broke them down or studied, like I wasn't a scholar about films as a kid. I just wanted to engross myself in them and like get swept away and like be able to be other people for an hour and a half you know so I guess that's what made me want to figure it out is there a cinematographer that you look up to a lot though there's a lot of cinematographers I look up to uh and I feel like I've been fortunate enough to like know a lot of them Mandy Walker is one of them who has reached such high levels of work she just wrapped Mulan, the live-action Mulan. She does, like, very big studio stuff, and I've just seen her climb the ladder so much and, and just been so diligent, and she just has this aura about her on set where she's got, like, 40 men, you know, on her cruise, and she's just such a good manager and collaborator and, like, artist, and she always puts art before the technical, which I think is important to remember. I think people get swept up and, like, this camera does this and this camera does this. It's like, well, you know, how do you use them to, like, tell that story and how do you paint the frame and I think she's much more about like I'm an artist before I'm a technician so I think that's really cool there's a lot that I could name but she's probably one of the top ones love it before she left Nell was here <laughs> Nell's here who you work with I'm just kidding <laughs> um, yes. and she mentioned that you have a I mean I agree with this but I don't really know much about cinematography but she mentioned that you have a great eye when it comes to visuals and lighting and you were kind of discussing it before when, before she left but can you talk a little bit about that Just a little bit more about like what you I guess kind of what your process is or what you look for in a shot what you think is successful well it all goes back it always it always starts on the script right what if, what is the story I'm telling whose scene is it what are the what are the feelings that I should be evoking through the photography? Something I try to do is, I like to spend a lot of time in this space, this set, whether it's a set or it's a location before, and I like to like sit in it and feel it out. I like to see 
you know, what are the lights in the space that I could use, especially because I shoot a lot, I've shot period pieces, but I shoot a lot of like modern day, just like natural looking stuff um, that's minimalistic. So it's like, where are the windows? Where's the sun? Like I try to, you know, take advantage of what's in the space and then just like extend them, extend those sources from there instead of trying to get fancy and like create a completely different world than what the space has already. I think I've learned that it's not all about light, it's about shadow. So like, I'm not afraid of the dark. I think I've come a long way. I think in the beginning, I tried to make everything look so perfect and slick. And now it's kind of like, I'm not, again, I'm not afraid of shadows falling off. I'm, you don't always have to have an eye light in the eyes. You don't, you don't need certain things and you can let things go. So I think it's just like I now I feel like I'm I come from a much more minimalistic approach and I try to something that I love to do is handheld. I love to be handheld and intimate with the actor or actress and have that experience. I like to think of the camera as a character. Um, and I also like to think about like what's not on the page that's in the script. Like what's not written that's actually going on and like use that as motivation for like what is the camera movement? You know, what is what's going on in the character's head as opposed to like what they're saying. Um, so I like to think about that stuff too. If that makes sense. So you're very, I find you to be very charismatic, but you would never want to be an actor. <laughs> Is that correct? I would not last one day as an actor. <laughs> but did you, what is it about being behind the camera? What is it about that that is powerful to you and would you ever consider directing? I think I have the best job on set. I have the best. I, am, I have the best job over the actors, over the director, over everybody. I have, I'm like most excited about my position because I feel like there's something about being in charge of the look and the frame that is so amazing and also the intimacy of like using that eyepiece and watching the movie happen, you know what I mean, in such an intimate setting. Um, that's why I love operating because I'm like I'm making the movie like I'm dictating what's happening in terms of the photography and it's so amazing I would consider directing if it was I feel like I would do a great job directing just because I've shot so much and I do understand the process I respect people like Nell because Nell's so amazing with actors um, and I try to create an environment where directors can feel good about just you know just go do your talk to your actors like they know that I have the plan and I can execute the look that they want but I feel like if I did have a personal story, I would love to take it on and direct it. I may or may not be writing a feature right now, but we'll see. Oh my gosh. For many years from now. Obviously, like as the DP, you work really closely with the director. Yeah. But is there, and I know that they kind of like have a shot list and an idea of what they want, but since you are in charge of the camera, is there ever a time when you are like, this is gonna, do you, I mean, I know that it's a collaboration, but have there been times when you're like, this is the look that we should be going for, and the director's wrong about this? Uh, I don't think I've ever clashed over the overall look. I've definitely had to fight for little nitpicky things. Like, I had a, there was a light in the window, and the light had a, because I could, I could see the source of the light, and I needed my gaffer to stick it up. And the director actually told my gaffer to stop and leave it there. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> like that's not, we don't want to see the sources. It's just extending the sunlight. Like, but no, but he was very firm and 
quite frankly, like that was very inappropriate of him to do that as a director. Um, so I think little things like that I have to fight for and always communicate like this is really important for the frame. Um, but I don't think I've ever clashed over like the look of something. On some commercial stuff, you know, they'll say like, because I am such a moody cinematographer, they're like, maybe bring it a little brighter. Maybe like, you know, maybe we'll make it a little more. I have this like hashtag on Instagram that I started called fuck the fill because I don't believe in fill light all the time. Like I like to have shadows and you want that natural ratio on a face. You don't want it to be flat. <laughs> but I just did a really high end spot with a celebrity and, and that was something that tested my whole like, no, we need to see all of her face and we're not, it's not about the shadows. We need to light the entire space and like make it really flattering, but somewhat flatter. So that was kind of like outside my comfort zone. But I always try to make sure and prep that we're very clear about like what's the look that we're going for. Um, and is there a difference of how you operate the camera in terms of genre of the project? I, I suppose so much of it has to do with editing, I guess. But is there any sort of like shots that you know are going to be successful that completely go with genre? Yeah. Uh, one example that I can think of is I did a Western, and that was that called for a very controlled camera movement. I don't think it had any handhelds, which is a bummer for me because I love handhelds so much. But uh, but that was the genre. Like old westerns were very like dolly 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 dolly, and like very controlled frames. So we did that. Um, I think it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, it's horror. It should be handheld, and you should be running with the camera. But that's not. I think I think camera movement wise, it's always scene by scene. I don't think a movie should ever just be handheld, or it doesn't have to be, right? Um, you can break it up by scene and like the. You know, because the whole movie is a roller coaster of like ups and downs with our audience. So, I think camera movement can also be that. It doesn't have to be one thing the whole time. So, so no, I don't think a genre has usually dictates too much. Um, I think it can go either way based on like what is the story within the genre. Do you have a favorite type of? project to shoot like do you like to do commercials more than features or shorts more than I don't know book trailers I don't love one over the other I like the mix I like to do a narrative for four four weeks and then do a commercial where I get to go shoot and then I walk away you know so I think it's I think it's a balance I don't like one one more or the other I like aspects of different things as long as I'm invested in it and it's something that I believe in I'm happy I don't want it to be like a cheeseburger commercial. You know what I mean? Like, I want it to be something with a message that like matters. And whether that's a commercial or a feature, like I can, I can roll with whatever the format is. So, since you're working more now in New York as well, yes, kind of. Um, do you like it? I do like it. I. <laughs> uh, I don't like the flying from LA to New York thing. But I like being in New York, and I like shooting in New York. I want a project, though, that actually, like, shows New York. I've shot a lot of, like, stage stuff there, and I've shot in lots of, like, houses in New Jersey and stuff. Um, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to work there, and now I've built a crew there. So now I have amazing people to, like, call upon whenever I go back. So I do like it. It's very different. I wish L.A. looked like New York. I see, yeah, but had, like, the weather and stuff. Right. 
I'll keep the weather, but like I want the buildings. And stuff. Right, yeah. right, right. Because I guess you shoot so much inside. In LA, you shoot so much inside when yes. you're in LA. Yeah, and I had shot so much in LA. Like I feel like I know every stage, every beach, every like I know all the buildings and stuff. So it was this year. I've been working almost exclusively in New York and elsewhere. So I feel like. It's nice. It's refreshing to go out and have like a different landscape and a different backdrop. Because LA is, you know, yeah. they shoot here every day, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, have you ever had like a mentee or someone that you like a protege that you've taken on and shown the ropes? And I don't know. Have you ever had that? Um, Would you want that? Yes, I have had a couple. I've had a lot of like camera PAs like per show. They'll come on you know, a pilot or whatever, and they'll, they'll stay the whole time, uh, or a feature or whatever, and they'll just help camera department, and I'll try to give them insight. I've had interns, I had one, um, I taught her, actually, for a bit when I was teaching, and she, after I taught a class with her, she ended up coming with me for, like, six months, and, like, going on lots of sets with me, many sets that Nell did, and she was, like, basically my apprentice, um, and I got a lot of people emailing me asking me to do that, um, but it's hard. It's hard when they're not like a direct recommendation or something. You know what I mean? Because I can't take them all on. So, but yeah, I love to have somebody to teach because I'm so enthusiastic about it and I love my job. So it's like fun to, you know, show them that experience and stuff. Right. So, so yes, I always want to have a mentee. Interesting. Yeah. That what? You want to get into cinematography? Is that what you're well, I do love cinematography. I'm a pretty good DP in my class. <laughs> I want to see your stuff. I do the 180 rule perfectly. Oh, yeah? And the three, the thirds rule. What is it? Rule of thirds. Rule of thirds. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> um. <laughs> and I just like, I just, I like cinematography. Like, I just like looking yeah. at it. Yeah. I was really, I yeah. <laughs> I was talking to the editor this at the Andy. Oh yeah. The other yesterday, and I was asked because all of my teachers in school all say that um, like the editing can save a really bad film, and so I was like, "Has there ever been a film that you saved?" And she was like, "Yeah, tons." Um, <laughs> but I was like, "Nothing can really save like the actual camera angles and stuff like that, you know? Like that's so set stone, pretty much." Yeah. What's your favorite camera to use? red one <laughs> <laughs> no actually um i tend to shoot on the alexa mini or any of the alexas really um they're probably my go-to just because they have so much range and the color is the best in terms of uh, color space and like they just have a soft color palette um but i love shooting film whenever i get a chance even just to to like pass the time when i don't get to shoot like cinema on film I'm always shooting film stills because I have to like you know get dailies back of my <laughs> my photography just to have that experience because film never disappoints me it never disappoints me I just did a really cool lingerie ad on 16 mil and I was just like the cl the agency kept going like it's not gonna look like that right because when you shoot film you look at a standard definition monitor and I'm like no 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 it's gonna look so much better like it's just when you get dailies back from film it's like it's just so amazing. Like, it always surpasses your expectations. Wow. So, you should shoot film when you get a chance, if you haven't. I don't even... I shoot film photography. Yeah. Like, I take film photos. Yeah. Shoot 120? No. 
start shooting 120. <laughs> That's the big medium format yeah. ones, right? Yeah. But yeah. you should shoot like motion picture film if you ever get a chance. Everybody should do that. <laughs> I will try that for sure. You mentioned recently that your department of the directors of photography people that are in the world um, have a very small percentage of women in them. Um, How do you feel about that? Obviously, we're trying to change that. Um, What do you think it will take to change that? Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is a topic that I've been exploring for some years now in terms of what to do about it. I think... I go through phases. Like, sometimes I see so many amazing women doing this job. I'm like, eh, we're fine. Like, time's changing. Like, we're fine. We don't need to talk about it. But then, I recently worked on this thing where there were girls who were being mentored, girls and guys being mentored uh, by this big director. And I, ta- I sat down with the girls because I came to shoot this, this piece and they were asking me questions and I realized that they're going through the same things and they're like 18 years old and they're still feeling such discrimination and like the trouble to climb the ladder and that's when I'm reminded oh shit like we need to freaking do something because this is still a problem it's not young younger people are not having an easier time necessarily so I think it's it goes back to like unconscious bias we need to be aware of it we need to try like I need to diversify my crew now when I'm young so that I can carry people with me that are of a diverse nature um, I think that studios need to invite women in the room to get interviewed you know I think I don't know I think it's up to everybody it's up to agents to push their women on their roster it's up to studios to like take the interviews with the women it's up to directors to consider women uh, instead of their bro friends necessarily all the time, like the same person they always choose. Um, you know, I think I get productions all the time telling me to like bring on women on my cruise. And to some people, it might seem annoying to get reminded of that all the time, but I always appreciate it because I like to be reminded that, like, no, I need to bring on like diverse people instead of just, you know, the same people all the time. So I think it's up to everybody to be aware of it, and it's and it is up to the women to just do good work and like keep pushing, because I think that it's easy to be like, oh, it's generational and time will fix it, but like nobody wants to wait that long. So we should we need to take steps to like get more women behind the camera. So, and Rachel Morrison getting nominated for an Oscar, I think, is a great thing because now we see that as a possibility. Like women are going to be winning Oscars, so. I have another question about directors, really. Um, Do you like the relationship between the director and the DP? Like, do you like that they work in such close proximity that it's almost as if they're a team? Like, if you have one, you're going to probably have the other one? Or would you rather work with a lot of different directors? Makes sense. Do you... Oh, like like, the same director over and over? Yeah, like, is that, do you like to work with, yeah, do you like to work with the same director over and over again, or would you rather it be the kind of situation where a DP is just being hired, and yeah. I think it's, uh, it's naturally a mix of both, like, but I do, I do want to work with the same directors, because I, just like, I want to bring my crew, right, like, I, I, you, 
yeah, you hope as a DP that all these favors that you pull for directors and all this work that you put in for directors, you they carry you with them. Like, they bring you with them to the next step because, like, I think the directors that I work with so often, people like Nell Tier, is because I believe in them so hard. So, like, I want them to succeed. So it's like you have those directors that you're willing to do anything for so that they can go to the next level, you know, and then hopefully they take you with them and you're able to work together on bigger things. And, like, I think what a wonderful thing to be, like, 60 with Nell and like look back on you know the timeline that we did and all that work we put into it to get to that point so but I think it's a mix like I've had jobs where I don't meet the director until shoot day and and like we've never met before and we have to figure it out so um I think it'll always be a mix but I definitely love working with like the same directors because you learn and just like your crew you have a shorthand and you know what they like and you understand like their process so I see yeah but do you ever find that that gets tedious that it's the same thing or that they have the same vision for a project over and over again? Does that happen often even? I don't think they have the same vision. They'll come with something different. Um, yeah, I think the, the only, you know, the only things that are like similar are like the amount of fun Nell likes to have, you know what I mean? Like that's the only thing that's the same, which is a very high level. But she has like a different take on every story. So it's not, it never feels, no project ever feels like too tedious or the same. Maybe it's the same director. What is, like, the hardest project you've ever worked on, and what was the greatest accomplishment of work you've ever done? <laughs> the hardest and the greatest. Um, I would say the hardest was... I've had a lot of hard ones, because I was, like, in the trenches for so long trying to make this happen, you know, put food on the table being a DP I think the hardest one and it's not a negative thing it was just the first feature I ever shot was probably the hardest because we're in the middle of California where there's nothing to do and it was 12 days with a lot of different scenes a lot of different coverage like I had a very small crew I was very ill on the set so I was I was also like sharing a room with my camera team. Wally was very ill, which sucked. Nobody was getting paid anything. Um, and if they were, it was like so small. Uh, a lot of the production, it was like their first feature too. So like everybody was figuring it out and expecting a lot when it was like, we were clearly there to just do good work and we weren't being rewarded necessarily, like very much, you know? So I had crew members quit. And I was like, go, like, you're not getting paid anything. I'm not going to force you to be, like, it was just like a really hard situation. And it was like all favors. Like, it was just like very physically, mentally, just hard to, to do. The product turned out great, but I think that the, the process of it was very difficult. But I loved, the director was fantastic. Like, everybody was fantastic. It was just like, it was like the trenches to get through that. So... Or, or even the one where you feel like your work like a moment showcased exactly what you, who you are as a Hmm. Um, I would say a couple examples, just because I can't pinpoint one, was I did a feature concept with a good buddy named Ryan Zhao, and we, it was called Windfall. And it was 
him and I were just so on the same page and it was so minimalistic and beautiful and I think that was a set that I felt like I was doing really good work. Um, I did a feature called Speed of Life that was again 12 days, super minimalistic, such a family environment and like all my good friends were my crew and like it was just it was, that was like a really good experience that was still minimalistic and elegant like it wasn't fancy cinematography but it was still like very true to the story uh, and I think like everything I'm working on right now has been as I've climbed up, climbed up the ladder has been very like rewarding in terms you know like I get called because people want like even for commercials I get called because they want it to be cinematic like that's what they tell me and that's like a huge compliment yeah so no I love that um you told me recently that you battled cancer twice um has that um given you a new perspective on your work and um being someone that tells stories and is that something that you perhaps want to share in some kind of way in your work whether it's writing or directing or DPing or acting <laughs> um, yeah I feel like I've seen a lot of death in my young life sadly and even just me being faced with it a couple times and I feel like I have such perspective now I think it's made me a better storyteller and I do um, I have been you know put up for features that do have some character with cancer and that just makes me like relate even more and like want to help tell that story so I think it's been something that's made me a better storyteller and just appreciate my job and my life and also just like not give a fuck about the small shit anymore like I just don't care about the small problems so I think it's just like made me chase what I want even more um, which I think is important in this industry because I think you try to take every job that comes but even if you're not like I'm not from money so I couldn't in the beginning I like could not be selective over I had to take whatever I could get to put food on the table but even if you're not I think it's so important to just always be invested in the project like take what only take what matters to you like money and all that stuff will figure itself out it always does you're not gonna be homeless because you turned down this short film that you could have made 400 bucks on you know what I mean like just do what matters because like time is so time is like literally running out right now so it's just I think having cancer is kind of having cancer and also like other big death events in my life have made me realize like I really just need to do what I care about doing and tell the stories that I want to tell. So I think that's what it's done for me. It's not made me sweat the small projects or like jump on a project that I'm going to be miserable on because I just can't get invested in the subject matter. So. What was it like the first time you fell in love? <laughs> oh no. Uh, liberating? I think it's one of those things like death, like loss, that gives you such perspective and it opens up your mind, I think. And it's one of the, again, it's one of those things where it's like you 
I don't know, I think falling in love is like one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. I'm not saying that it's like a thing that you pursue and achieve necessarily, but it's one of the things I'm most proud of is my relationship. And I think falling in love is one of those, I mean, I would compare it to like having a baby or like, you know what I mean? It's one of those events that like changes you and gives you perspective and like makes you better in a way, I guess. Um, okay, now I have like some fun questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, first I want to ask about um, Hozier. Oh yeah. Because you just did um, a music video yeah. for him. Um, what was that like? Was it fun? Also, do you do a lot of music videos usually? I do do music videos. Um, I really enjoy them and I want to do more of them. But I have done quite a few. Hozier was great because it was well, it was in New York, which we all know New York is great, and it was in this really dope building, and we did different musicians from different cultures, so it's like this very diverse ensemble playing different instruments or dancing or, you know, doing something to his song, and then it was him doing a performance piece. Um, so it was just cool, because I got kind of like an insight into like jazz, and then like, you know, there was a classic cellist there, and like just seeing those different types of people and artists and musicians come together was really cool. Um, so it was just shooting like different vignettes of each one of those uh, musicians. Um, yeah, it was one day, it was super fast, shooting like seven different rooms with seven different artists. Um, it was with this amazing director named Blythe Thomas who does a lot of amazing music video work and um, yeah, it was a blast. I want to do more of them. I'm excited for it to come out. Um, oh, if you could recreate a film <laughs> with your own, like, photography style, what would it be and why? It doesn't have to be one you think is bad. It could be one that you think is amazing. You just would want to claim as your own oh. with your own style. Okay. It can be one that you think is bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who am I to say a movie is bad, though? I think I'm going to say my favorite movie of all time which is Blue Valentine. Really? I would have loved to shoot Blue Valentine. I don't, I think, because it like breaks your heart and it's like, uh, I love the DP of Blue Valentine and he got to mix 16 millimeter and then red. So like he got to mix formats and tell these two different like timelines. And I just like love that movie so much. I don't know why. I I could watch it over and over and over. It breaks your heart. I know it's super dark. But it's also like super fucking romantic, and like I'm a, like I'm like the cheesiest person ever. Really? So I enjoy those moments, but I also love like the dark, gritty, like sad moments. Um, so yeah, that would be a film I would like love to shoot. Wow. Because it's like character driven, and it's like I don't know about relationships and. Yeah, yeah. it's very like no plot. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have a favorite childhood book? I don't really read books. <laughs> you better. I don't read books, really. I want to. Uh, childhood book. Like, what age? I don't know. It could be a picture book. Good night, moon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could be as young as, like, two. This is so funny, because I just was clearing out, like, all my childhood books the other day from my parents' house, and I don't... I'm trying to remember what I saw in there. 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I guess I loved the, as a kid, I loved, like, the Berenstein Bears. Do you remember those? Of course. Are you kidding? Yeah. Okay, those are, <laughs> I guess those are my, and after that I didn't read anymore, so that's, <laughs> that's like, my, just kidding, I did read in high school. Uh, yeah, those are probably the thing that sticks out the most. But, yeah, I'm not a big reader. I want to be. But I am a visual person, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Um, If you could listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? One song? It would be All the Stars by Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Because it's like, it makes me super pumped for life, that song. I love I that. I don't know why I love that song. I'm like, I'm still obsessed with it since Black Panther came out. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just a super pop-up song. I don't know. Love it. <laughs> um, if you could change um, one thing about the world, what would you change? I did not know this was going in this direction. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really warn you. <laughs> it's okay. If I could change one thing about the world. Um, it would maybe be that... I think that we all have to learn all these life lessons the hard way. Like, we all have to go through them to really understand them. And I wish that people had more perspective earlier on just, like, mortality and, like, time. Because I think they would be kinder and more patient. And I just, I just wish, I think a lot of people live in a bubble where they, you know, before they've experienced loss and, like, all these things. And I wish that I would change the awareness of people in terms of like understanding just having more compassion for the fragile state that is humankind I think because I think we treat each other different and better if we you know we're a little more aware of the fact that we are only here for a second so that's what I would change well that's all my questions great (laughs) you did very well um, do you have anything else to say? Anything else you'd like people to know? Uh, I will leave a piece of advice that I just was recently told, which is um, the more time you spend doing things that you're not crazy about and you're not invested in and the more time you spend working on things you don't want to work on, the less time you're spending pursuing the things that you want. So chase the things that you want and if it's filmmaking and you feel like that's where you belong you should definitely do it because something's telling you to do it so you shouldn't be afraid to pursue it and don't be afraid of the dark don't be afraid of the dark yeah <laughs> do not be afraid of the dark wow. shadows are good things well thanks Julia Swain <laughs> I'm not so intimidated by you anymore right. oh no damn it <laughs> um okay thanks Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Miss Julia Swain. Julia doesn't love being in front of the camera, so I was really honored to get to take photos of her and interview her, and I just love spending time with her because she teaches me a lot about humor and art, and I just love how intimidating she is to me. (laughs) I loved how collaborative also this specific interview is and how involved Julia wanted to be as well. Her work definitely speaks for itself, so you all should check out her website, www.juliaswain.net, which is also linked on our website. 
And you can follow Julia on Instagram at Julia Swain. Thank you again for listening and we will see you next time.